Testing, testing, one, two, three. Hi, my name is Chris. And I'm Catherine. And this is the Movie Lovers Podcast. Welcome one and all to the second episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast. And in this episode, we are going to keep it short, and uh, we're going to just be talking about the gray. <laughs> so before we get into the review, um, I just wanted to start out with some in-house business. There's a lot of things that are going on with us, uh, with the site, with the feed, with our podcast this month, and uh, first and foremost, uh, how we started was on Twitter, so please make sure to follow us on twitter.com with our alias underscore films we watched. Um, also, we've migrated onto iTunes, and you can download us straight off of iTunes just by going to... Uh, Apple.com US podcast films we watch. Uh, so that's Apple.com slash US slash podcast slash films we watched. Or you can just directly download us from iTunes, from your computer, from your iPhone or iPad and, and things like that. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's actually a big step for us because hopefully the the goal is to get some big distribution right Mm, Kathy that's right yeah so besides that we also uh, we also just started a a fans page on Facebook so that's going to be facebook.com slash movie lovers podcast and we're trying to really amp that up so please like us befriend us really uh, follow our our tweets even on on that Facebook page and then lastly uh, we want to just give a, a big shout out to the fine folks at soundonsite.org. Um, I've personally been doing some writing and doing some graphic work for uh, Ricky and, and the fine people over there. And uh, they've always been very helpful to us. And uh, Ricky has uh, given us the opportunity to actually share our feed through the website. And hopefully we're going to have him and other uh uh, other reviewers aboard our podcast from time to time so you can follow us follow the thread on there 
at www.soundonsite.org slash category slash radio slash movie hyphen lovers hyphen podcast and uh yeah that's another great outlet for us as well yes it's a very long introduction filled with uh very useful you know, that information stuff is, that stuff is important <laughs> because it allows our uh followers and our fans and our listeners to to really understand where we're coming from and really promote ourselves through throughout their own network so please please follow us through all these outlets there's going to be more to come and um right now we're at a good spot so that we can really amp up uh our episodes so be on the lookout for more episodes right now we're trying to do about an episode a month uh given our our hectic work schedule but um hopefully we're going to do we're going to produce more a month mm-hmm. with various um guest hosts various interviews and uh movies new and old so be on the lookout uh with films we watched and make sure to follow us on twitter at underscore films we watched a job at the end of the world i work security protecting men from the dangers they cannot see there's not a second goes by when I'm not thinking of you in some way. Going home, guys. Let's keep moving. Nobody's going to find us. Not here. We figure out what way is south, and we start walking. This will be one of those wild stories you tell at a party. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> get up, get up. Don't move. Stay right back at him. If we can get to that tree line, we can better defend ourselves. Get up, go, go, go. Hold on. You gotta be kidding me. We could climb down. To follow the river, we got a better chance of finding shelter. How are we gonna deal with this? We take them on, one at a time. I want to see your face, feel your hands and mine. Don't stop! So let's start talking about The Grey. Uh, this movie stars Liam Neeson, and it's about an oil drilling team and based in Alaska. And uh, Liam's character is responsible in protecting his fellow co-workers against wolves. And uh, unfortunately, a terrible plane crash happens, and they're stranded. A group of seven people are stranded, and they have to be able to survive the cold and survive the fact that these wolves are killing them one by one. 
Uh, so that's basically yeah. the plot of the movie. And so, uh, so in a nutshell, this is a survival movie. Yes. Right. Many many survival themes can be said about Castaway, um, like uh, just like Earthquake. That's a disaster movie, but there's some elements of um, of survival in there. And this time around, it's in the Arctic. And uh, they're just, they're not only just battling the cold, but they're also battling these, these wolves. And Liam Neeson's character is the guy who really knows his stuff because his uh, chief task uh, in the Arctic is to actually protect everyone mm -hmm. uh, from these wolves. So he really has an upper hand on what he knows about, about how they live, how they, uh, you know, uh, survive in packs and in their den and how to approach them. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, Liam Neeson's the alpha wolf. Huh? Oh, huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's get to it. Uh, Kathy, what did you think? I love this movie. Yeah. This movie is incredible. Um, it's, it's really about just the basics. Uh, human mm -hmm. beings are just men in general. Not men, but mankind uh, against nature uh, not taking into consideration of technology it's about uh, survival of the fittest being fit being able to kind of outsmart your opponents uh, and uh, th there were a lot of of things that Liam's character had to try to overcome not only try mm, to mm. overcome the fact of the weather and no food and the fact that these wolves are killing them but he had to overcome his inner demons too and i thought that was very uh very uh realistic very human the human qualities that you can definitely see in this movie so yeah um you you kind of mentioned that it's uh it's a pretty bare bone basic type of survival film you know it's I mean, you're you're Mrs. Facts when it comes to this podcast, and you knew quite a bit coming in the fact that he was Liam Neeson was very excited about doing this because oh yeah, he was actually I believe it was Good Morning America. Please don't quote me on that, but I did remember him say that he was really excited about this film and and he was happy and uh, he was happy and, and and trying to be a part of it because this film was just bare bone basics just about man versus nature about using things around you to try to survive uh minus the technology no cell phones mm -hmm. no no guns yeah, no anything true. like that and and he said he mentioned something he said that it kind of reminded him of past movies of movies mm -hmm. how movies in the past that there were like this and and now unfortunately it's it's kind of more into techno technology based but uh, so he was really thrilled about being yeah. a part of this movie yeah it was by far one of the best movies i've seen this year <laughs> <laughs> it being february but no it's i'm kind of shocked that a movie like this has come out this early in the year and oh my god this is the reason why we go to films this is the reason why i love movies so much it's a great awesome it's the type of film that is you're at the edge of your seats you're gasping you're 
you're really holding your breath it's, with a lot of these yes. scenes. Oh my and it's God. very inspirational too. I found it very inspirational. Mm. Um, I think this movie kind of touches a lot on religion. I know everyone has yeah. their different take on uh, religion and whatnot, but uh, it, it has a really interesting, interesting view on it. Um, and I just, I just really like his character and how he approaches, you know, his beliefs a little bit, and and uh, and how that kind of helps him in a way to to survive and push forward. Yeah, I didn't really know what they were gonna go in that aspect, but because he has these doubts about living and life, and I thought it was kind of unique how it's kind of like this guy who's at the end of his wits and who's ready to die and ready to end his life is now put in the situation that he has to struggle to retain his life mm -hmm. and to live. Mm -hmm. So it's it was quite quite interesting how they kind of I think they introduced the... the topic of religion, but it doesn't go one way or the other. No, it I doesn't. think it's not, I think it's it depends. Not no, it's not at all. I mean, it depends. I think on the individual that they can take it one way or they can take it another. And I thought that was really well put together in this film. Mm. Um, so if you you think that you know if you are more religious than other people, it can go either way. So no. Some spoilers, I guess. This movie is hard to talk without spoiling it because it is very bare bone and it's very formulaic in a way that you can't talk about one person dying without talking about the next person dying. So, Liam Neeson, I forget, but um, why does he want to commit suicide? Oh, uh, you actually learned that sort of in the ending. So, again, spoiler alert, but uh, in the end, uh, we find out that his wife uh, passes away mm, that's right. uh, in regards to illness. We don't know what, but uh, I think that's the reason we finally understand why he kind of wanted to commit suicide in the beginning. And then it's just fascinating to see how, how throughout the entire movie, he's just struggling to survive. And... Mm that I guess his instinct in the beginning to try to end his life uh, and he was stopped because he almost did it but mm -hmm. then he mm -hmm. heard the wolves in the background and for some reason that stopped him from actually pulling the trigger mm -hmm. and then throughout the movie these wolves are after him and whatnot mm -hmm. and he's trying to survive so yeah. uh the psyche of of what he was going through, I'm not too sure, but I think you really, I think you really nailed it. I mean, Liam Neeson was like the alpha in the in a group, mm. you know, and it was like mm. alpha against alpha from the from the wolves in their group. So I thought that was really really interesting. Mm -hmm. And just to comment more on the wife, because they they um they really didn't just make it flashbacks, <laughs> which I thought was a Excuse unique me. spin. It's not like he kind of just thought about her and, you know, that's kind of was his will to move on and or to kind of just end his life or whatnot. But really, we saw this particular memory he had of his wife and it kind of looks like they're in bed together. And mm. from that kind of spawned what was happening in real time. And like if it's, it's no shock that there was a plane crash. So during the moment that there was a plane crash and he was sleeping and thinking about his wife in this bed scenario, you actually see 
them bump up and like separate each other, and then all of a sudden you see the snow come in, and it on a direction point of view. Oh, that and, was fantastic visually. It was great. Who's the director is Joe Carnahan. He was fun. I can't wait to see uh, more things uh, that he produces because it. This movie is clearly has elements of a blockbuster, but it also had a lot of a lot of elements of an independent film. Uh, yeah, we're just looking at his filmography, and he he directed the A Team, which surprisingly I didn't really like. You know, it was kind of cool, but I didn't really love the film. But this, uh, if you compare the two, this was very artistic and mm-hmm. very, very well made. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't just a pristine look at nature. It was also very gritty. It had this uh, like found footage type of look at yes. times. It had this very artistic lens flare look where you saw a lot of the nature and a lot of uh, the light sources coming in. It, it was, a lot of times there was a lot of close-ups that was kind of like foreshadowing things to come, mm-hmm. which I found were, were kind of nice little Easter eggs in the film. I, I completely you know? agree. It was great. And yeah. uh, you're, you're absolutely right about him having a memory, but it was just that one memory that kind yeah. of uh, that kind of uh, was with him throughout the entire movie. And there's another memory, another spoiler alert, I guess, uh, with his father. Yeah. And uh, how he was with his father, and he talks briefly about him, but you can see that his entire, I guess, maybe psyche is being revolved around this particular poem that his father wrote mm-hmm. and you can I can feel like the uh-huh. poem itself and uh his 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 memory of his wife was like the foundation of him being able to just keep on going and yeah. to survive and particularly at the end like he didn't give up yeah. So that was, I thought, very, very uh, inspirational and uh, very, uh, very. It, it impacted me a lot. Yeah, it really oh, that did. Was, that was the whole last scene where, where he kind of recalled his father's poem, and he was kind of saying it out loud uh, when the last scene was happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give away the last scene uh, because I think that's probably the most crucial thing that that folks have to see and get out of the film, but. Um, but boy, boy, with that scene, when that happened, it was just like, I, I was holding my breath. I was literally, <gasps> like, holding my breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, what did you, what did you think of, um, what did you think of the way that the movie was f- situated with each person kind of dying one by one? Because it could have been a little criticism. For me, like I thought, this movie was near perfect, to be honest. But if there was a little bit of a criticism, I thought, yeah, we're dealing with these seven people, and one by one, they're kind of dying off. Well, uh, did you feel like it was a little bit too formulaic and too perfect? It seemed like every time there was a bad situation that was approaching, that you knew someone was going to die. Yes, um, I, I think it was somewhat very predictable. A little bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't think there is kind of any way to go around that because you knew the plot is simple. Wolves mm-hmm. are attacking you, um, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't light up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of str- uh, that kind of strings along another aspect that I kind of want to also talk about is the wolves themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, although this movie is very predictable, it's sort of not realistic too much. I felt like maybe really? what the wolves, like you said, like. I am not an expert. I don't study psyche of wolves or whatnot, so I don't know if, if, if this is how they think. But um, from what I know, wolves are very, very intelligent uh, animals. They they have an alpha. They, 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 they go and they, they live in packs and whatnot. So if, if, if let's say, Liam Neeson and seven group of people that survive they're in their territory these wolves are going to attack you you're threatened mm-hmm. they they see you as a threatening being mm-hmm. so yeah i can see the these wolves attacking one by one strategically that's the perfect um way to get rid of your enemy i mean mm-hmm. i i so i understand that um but i do feel like the wolves um kind of had a little bit of Sometimes I think human qualities about them. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was a... How is that not realistic? But then again, I don't know. Maybe wolves are like that. Maybe I felt like the wolves were kind of seeking revenge too. Because there was in one scene, and I'm not going to really talk about it, but one of the characters does something to one of the wolves that they they Mm -hmm. had killed. And I felt like all of a sudden silence, but then once the wolves realized what he did... They started howling, so I don't. It could be true. It could be not. I felt, I felt like it was. Sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> so I felt like sometimes it was kind of unrealistic. Like, would I mean, you're in their territory, they'll kill you, but they went all out and trying to kill them. Like, mm-hmm. does that really could happen? I, I think. Know. Well, whether or not we know that's realistic or not. It didn't take me out of the movie. No, it, it did not. It, I, I thought it was real, and I'm pretty sure it is real. Though, I, from from what I gather from from my knowledge of wolves, <laughs> because it's so extensive, <laughs> that they do have that kind of psyche where they're in a pact. You know, you have the leader, you have kind of the soldiers that follow the leader, and they test things out with the Omega. I kind of understood that. So that stuff was all believable, in my opinion. But just getting back to to the formulaic tendencies of the film, yeah, that's my only criticism. But it's funny because it was also something that I loved about the film that you know that there was kind of this this structure where pretty soon you're gonna go face to face with Liam Neeson at the end. So yeah, I mean, it does tie in with this predictability, and some people might not like it compared to others. But I thought. Sometimes I feel like if a if a film is structured that in that way, then it it it's something to to find meaning of and to actually enjoy. Sometimes I like I like a film to be spontaneous and I don't know what's going on and like surprise me, shock me. But this film, this particular film, was was so intense and so well thought out that I thought it was just great just to follow along. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just thought, I just loved the way that the director really made certain scenes horrific. And I'm going to talk about the last guy that kind of died. Um, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be the last guy to die. Just you know, I, uh, I think I thought it was. I forgot the character's name. 
Uh, but the guy that was kind of the oddball of the group, who was kind of like the asshole of the group. No, uh, I think that's Frank uh, Grillo. He yeah. plays Diaz, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, him. I th- I thought that he was going to be left with Liam Neeson. And I thought because he died a little bit earlier on, that scored a lot of points with me because I I believe that would have been too predictable. You know, so I thought it was great that they kind of switched it up a bit. But just getting back to the last guy that died, I forgot his name. But um, he died, spoiler alert, but he died while drowning in the river. Dallas Roberts. Yep. And um, I thought it was great how that how they showed it. You got to see it, guys, because he's drowning because he got his foot stuck. And it's bad enough that he's drowning underwater. But what makes this horrific is that you see the water line right above him. And I just like I just remember just going to my seat and trying to like gasp for air. You know, like mm-hmm. it's and you. The director had that waterline right in your face, and I thought that you don't really see that. You know, you don't really see that struggle a lot in movies. You just, it's implied because the guy is underwater and his foot is stuck in a rock, but you don't understand that, you know. You know, like, yeah, and Liam Neeson was trying to give him mouth to mouth and try to put air in his lungs, but the guy was so frantic that he, he didn't even think about accepting that air, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. and just that struggle is, is something that I think is sometimes taken for granted in films mm. and and they really just played it out in this film so. yeah that, that was like a very nice detail that you could have easily missed but mm-hmm. that that makes a big impact in the movie you you're right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i completely agree with you um just one more thing i want to say yep uh this movie i thought you know was about wolves attacking um liam neeson and and everyone else uh but i also felt like it was uh going into um man versus man in a sense you know um you have what i think were like the demons were the wolves because they were trying to kill them but these people uh were demons to themselves Mm. um and i think everyone well most everyone had uh certain regrets um Liam Neeson, we know that he had his regret, um, his 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 sorrow, not regret, but I guess his sorrow that he was carrying. Um, we know that Frank uh, Grillo, he plays Diaz, um, Grillo. Uh, he kind of another spoiler, but he decides to kind of just give up because he realizes at that moment that if he does survive, he's going home to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can kind of get a glimpse of of his own world and his life and and how that reflects in his attitude and throughout the movie. So uh, I thought it was just really refreshing kind of to watch that, um, just to realize how how I guess in, in terms when you're in a position of of trying to live or trying to survive you 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 come and you you meditate and you really have a reflection in your life mm-hmm. uh so i thought that was really interesting and nicely done yeah what did you think kathy of the use of wolves in this movie the fact that sometimes they were real but other times they were cg oh um I because think- i heard a lot of backlash about the use of cg that it was too much that it was too apparent and uh well what could they have done besides yeah. cg yeah i mean especially when you're up and close first like of that. all i mean we're talking about 
attacking wolves here. Yeah. I'm sure, like, the PTA or, you know, animal organizations were probably, like, up their ass, basically, about it, you know? So... Mm-hmm. I, oh, sure. There was a lot of stabbing I, of the wolves. Yeah. There was a lot of, lot of you know... Mm-hmm. aggressiveness towards wolves and I know for a fact that they have not used a single live wolf for this movie. Really? They mm-hmm. didn't? No. But there were so many close-ups. Like, there were some that you could tell. Like, there were some eye shots and some fur shots. Mm. But maybe it wasn't real. Maybe I, it was I, just I, practical I can't stats. answer that. I just know for a fact yeah. because I remember Liam Neeson, he was on that interview and he mentioned that they didn't use a single live wolf yeah. for it's it. It's funny because looking back at past movies that we've seen Planet of the Apes right they didn't use a single ape in that movie but I felt like with that movie it was more apparent that the car- the apes were CGI well, this movie I felt like wow they, they really balanced it too. I think they balanced it well because it was kind of in a dark almost I mean mm-hmm. that's when the wolves tried to attack them the most so you really couldn't have a really good visual of the wolves themselves mm-hmm. so um, yeah I mean there are times that I can say oh it looks kind of fake but I think it was kind of well done yeah I mean just looking at the budget for this movie this was 34 million right mm-hmm. and yeah I think this is a great example for a Hollywood blockbuster that this is a pretty low budget for any typical blockbuster, yet there was a lot of creativity that came with those limitations of, of, of budget. And I believe that just the way that the camera shots were created really did justice to the film. I think it's a very pretty... The, the pacing, the look is something that you won't typically get from a blockbuster, and that could be said a lot for it. So it's definitely something to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it just, just from beginning to end, what I also liked about this film, just thinking about it a little bit more, is that it could have easily been on the vein of a straight-out slasher flick. You know, like, in a slasher movie like Scream or Halloween, you know, you see the victim kind of, like, confused and kind of um, naive to the situation. All of a sudden... It comes up and stabs him. In this case, I thought we were going to be like, a, there was going to be a lot of shots that, you know, people were talking, all of a sudden a wolf would come and eat the person. But really, I thought that it, it, that could have been boring if, they, if, it, if it had done that so much. And this film doesn't really do that. It really, there's some unique deaths, uh, you know, uh, that happens to these victims. And it's not necessarily a wolf that does it. Oh, with all yeah. the characters, yeah. So not all the characters die by the wolves. By the wolves, it doesn't really. It's not really a, a jump and attack. Sometimes, you know, someone would fall and a wolf would, you know, just uh, pounce on the situation that they have someone that's hurting and they they eat them. It's not really just like a scare tactic for the audience to jump out of their seat. And mm-hmm. I kind of respected that. Oh yeah. You know, because the, 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 this film, what I enjoyed about it is that it it wasn't really the typical survival film. There was a lot of films, a lot of genres that composed this film. There was um, a horror film. There was a survival film. Uh, I I even got kind of like a disaster vibe from it, obviously, because of the airplane, you know, crashing. But also I kind of like got a sense of like a shark film, like Jaws 2 or like... uh, 
um, what is it, uh, Shark Night or something like that. It was quite interesting how, like, from time to time, it felt almost like the wolves were like sharks in this big Arctic sea, and they didn't know where they were going to jump out from time to time. So I thought that was kind of a unique pace and vibe that I got from it. Hmm. Did you have those feelings? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely did. I, I'm still just confused about that comment that you made about it oh, reflecting a slasher film. No, that was just a feeling that I had. Oh, okay. that it could have, at times, it felt like it, it was it was like that. So because like... you got... What I meant by slasher film is not that there's, you know, the wolves are, like, has, like, a Jason mask and starts stabbing the people. What I meant was that the reactions you get from an audience, right? With a slasher flick, it's all about the the jump tactic with the audience mm. that all of a sudden you see this uh, this helpless victim who uh, who's just naive to their situation and surroundings and all of a sudden uh, Mike Myers comes out and kills them, you know? So when that happens, the audience jumps out of the seat and at times in this movie, a little bit, you got that where all of a sudden you see a, a wolf just like jump out of nowhere and, and eats that person. But I thought, I thought it might have gone that route where it would have been too much, but it didn't at all. Oh no, yeah, you're right. I think they were very creative in trying to, I guess, with certain individuals' death. I mean, it wasn't just by the wolves. I mean, yeah. they're fighting nature. I mean, they're fighting the how the high altitude. They're fighting. Um, <clears throat> The weather, hyperthermia, which apparently no yeah. one died of yeah. hypothermia, which... Oh, no. Someone did. Who? Huh? Who? The guy that was sick. Oh, I think that was because of altitude. Like, he couldn't just yeah, breathe in. Yeah, but he froze to death. Uh, yeah, when he passed away because of the fact that he couldn't take in oxygen. Yeah, he froze, or but not guy, to death. the guy or... that was on the shift with Liam Neeson... During the first night. Well, you have to, like, Liam Neeson goes into this water to try to, you know, you know, help Dallas Roberts from, you know, getting, you know. Swept away. Swept away. From the river. From the river. From the river. But then he comes out of the river and he keeps on walking and he's, like, literally drenched. He's he's wet. With water. With water. But then he's not, I mean, I, I guess you would practically be like half dead already yeah, because of the it's moments like that where like they they are in the water and you're saying to yourself man even if they come out of this situation they're going to be freezing cold and you that was that was the beauty of the cinematography i guess that like you get you get lost and absorbed in this tundra and you that's do. great you do i'm going to bring up this subject too and it kind of dawned on me in the middle of the movie what did you think of the music? I I I don't know. I I to be honest there, with you, there was no music. Oh yeah, maybe that's why. You know, I maybe maybe a score music. here and there to kind of get an oh, uh, underlying right. tone, but there was no music. Oh wow, that makes it even more powerful. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it was, it was literally just orchestrated in such a way that. You were just captivated from beginning to end. Oh, wow. You're yeah. absolutely right. The wolves were the music. The wolves, yeah. Oh. <laughs> by far, a great movie. Yeah, by far. I want to watch it again. Yep. And you can be sure that once it comes on the DVD, I'm going to buy it. No. Not DVD. 
Oh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Okay, fine. We are a strictly Blu-ray household. Okay. As long as I have the freaking thing in my hand. That's right. That's right. Preserve physical copies. That's right. Um, so, let's get to it. Stars out of four. Ah, uh, I'm torn between... Uh, Go for it. No hard feelings. I love it. I would say... 3.5 out of 4. Oh my god, okay. I would say 4 out of 4. I'm just torn. Can I do like 3.75 out of 4? Then we might have to consider doing a 5 star rating. No, I, I would honestly, I think this is a very well done movie. I mean, it's, it's not perfect. I mean, there's always flaws with every movie, but uh, I just, I loved it and I would, I would give it a 4 point, I mean 4 out of 4. So what is it? 4 out of 4. Okay. Good uh, mental process. You're yes, it took me a while. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, so four out of four. N without a question with me, it's a four out of four. This is why I go to the movies. You know, this this had everything in a blockbuster. Had everything in an artistic film. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, it, it. Sometimes some things were predictable. Some things were unrealistic. But just as long as it's an awesome experience that exceeds your expectations. It's a type, and if it's the type of film that you're not looking at your watch and you're really excited going in and coming out, then yeah, like it's a four out of four. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect film. And people film. were very upset about the ending, though. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Um, people in the theater were just yeah. like, "Oh no!" and they were like huffing and well, puffing. Well, which ending? The ending well, before the credits. Well, there is something after the what ten minute long credits, which yeah. I. Honestly, yeah. think Going it could have like, the week, film should have done nothing with it. Yeah, I mean, I I love the ending, and as that's it is. As, as is. Yeah, me too. And I love the fact that you know what? It's not a perfect fit ending. I mean, movies are there to try to jumpstart something in in your mind, and I feel that it's. I think it's up to us to try to determine the the ending for it, and. Uh, just knowing who wins in that battle would have just completely like ruined this entire movie experience. Oh wow, me. that's a big spoiler. Why? Because you don't know who wins. Well, yeah, but then in my mind, I yeah, I don't, I yeah, know it's up who to you to decide. To yeah, I before the credits, you kind of got that impression, and I was really doubtful during the credits because we were told from the get go. Stay after credits. There's like a ten second, you know, ending to yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I loved, I loved the way it ended because, yeah, it makes you guess who the winner was, but also like, you know. Yeah. It just it, it didn't have to have it didn't it, have, it didn't to, have, have to have that ten and second after I was nervous. credit I was clip. And I was nervous that they were gonna make it. a distinct winner. And to because, be honest with you, I think uh, they kind of did. And a little no, no. Well, they don't show anything. It's still up to your imagination of what yeah. you want to happen, but still, you know yeah. something. You know, looking back now, like I think uh, and that, they were trying to go like the Inception route a little bit. Remember the Inception with the uh, little spinning of the top at the end? I think they were trying to play that which vibe is, a little which bit. Which is like, fine. Who's going to win? You don't know. Yeah, mm. which could be upsetting, but I think it, it really does a lot to the movie. If, so If they declared a winner, that would have lowered points Well, I, I kind of think they kind of did at the end. No, the, I don't think so. I, I want to say what it is and try to just say Spo it. Here we go. Spoiler alert. Okay, what fine. Spoiler alert. At the end, we know that the wolf is dying. Yeah. 
Okay. So is Liam Neeson. Well, you don't know that. Maybe he's yeah. just tired. He, it can go. He can. He can either be his, tired. The wolf is he can, laying he's down. Dead, but then it also eliminates another possibility that the fact that the wolf doesn't die and that he just completely kills Liam Neeson. So that's the well, other both ending. Both of them are dead. But that. But now you know for sure that the the wolf is dead. Well, we and don't it, know if they're dead. Yes. Well, Maybe I said both wolf. Of them are injured. The wolf is dead. The wolf is dead. He's maybe he not. was laying down breathing maybe, heavily. Maybe he's still alive, and eventually he's going to cast revenge. Yeah, but so still, wherever, I think that maybe ruins Liam Neeson goes back to Ireland, and the wolf follows him. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be uh, the great part too. Yeah. And you see no. him in the bar. You know, you see him with a bar with a little leprechaun hat on. I just think that that you. ten second oh. clip after the credits just like it kind of arced me the wrong way but no well I didn't I didn't care about it they could have easily left that out in my I opinion I think so I think um, so but I'm glad that they didn't you know decide a winner either very very cutthroat Lee yes if that made sense like it wasn't a clear winner I think you can agree to well that. we know at the ending for sure that the wolf dies no that, you don't. yes you do no. He's practically laying down on the floor. Okay. He's breathing he- heavily Can while Liam Neeson's head them? is on his on his stomach or whatever. Can we say that just both of them are injured? Okay, fine. Both of them. Well, are Well, the thing is, all right. I think we're talking is, too much no, about this, this ending. Fact, here. Yeah, but it's important. You know, it, obviously, it's important for arguing about it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think I think it's safe to assume that. It's based on the imagination of the viewer to decide what happens at the end. And I guess that could be respected. Yes. Yeah? Well, I'm just saying yes, but I just... (laughs) 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 I just, like, in my mind now, I know for a fact that the wolf is is dead, so... And I'm saying that you still don't know. Well, it could have been... It wouldn't have been awesome if, like... The wolf was not injured at all. He just goes and he kills Liam Neeson. Like, no. it w- I wouldn't say it would then, be awesome, but that could be no another opportunity to Liam Neeson's fight. Oh, there is because even though he knew he was looking at the eyes of that wolf that was going to kill him, I he think, wanted to fight, here. and and that's what's important. Okay, I think wait, at wait. that aspect is not important for the fact that he's going to live out of this experience. Is the fact that he was not he didn't crumble, and that to the very end he decided to fight no. it with all his. With, is, with all well, his this strength. Is, this is what and that's what made the impact in me. Because uh, even if he kills the wolf, do you think he's going to still survive? No. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. He's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's come true. on. The, well, but you also know that he's in an area with some civilization. There's a running river. There's some loggers that were in that the area. That could have cut the trees like so he could, 10 years and ago. He, he, he's in a spot where there's more vegetation. He's in the wolf's den. Yeah, the alpha dog is probably dead, but then another yeah, dog true. will come he and take its place. Alpha. Trust well, me, the other dogs are not going to come and attack well, him. You know he what? was I'm dead glad, regardless. I'm glad, that we're t- I'm glad that we're arguing because I do want to bring up uh, a little bit of a, um, um, uh, some pointers here. Not pointers, but I've been, I've been studying uh, screenwriting, as you know. I do and, know. <laughs> and uh, it's something that I'm getting very passionate about. And uh, my mentor, Ron Peterson, he's a great guy, and he knows his stuff, uh, works on a lot of projects, and uh, he wrote this book, and it talked about um, seeds of, of redemption, right? 
the character plants these seeds, right? And it's he didn't coin the phrase. It's kind of known within the screenwriting realm. And I kind of look at I I like writing personally, and I kind of like to look at the film on a writing perspective more than anything else. And a key thing to know with any movie is that you get to like certain characters or dislike certain characters by seeds or by kind of the the choices the character makes within the film. Mm. So by midway, you kind of know whether like a character is going to die or not. And if it's a really good film, then there's going to be like a twist at the end mm-hmm. that really throws you for the loop. But... You know, you kind of understood, you know, that Liam Neeson, he knows his stuff, but he's kind of troubled with religion and his wife, and he kind of doesn't care about whether he lives or dies. And then, but there's also this, like, kind of, like, resurgence of life that he gets. Like, he, he wants to live at the end. So, by knowing that he, since he planted that seed and that choice, knowing that he he wants to live at the end, if if he dies at the end, it's it's gonna it's gonna crumble your spirits. It's gonna be like what what was that all about then? No, you know? I completely disagree. <clears throat> Physically, yes, he may die, but spiritually, I feel that oh, at the end, mm-hmm. well, not spiritually. I'm not right, talking yeah, about yeah. religion here. Yeah. I'm talking about. Mentally, you, like mentally mental you, yourself, you know, mm-hmm. as human beings, you know, at the end, I think everything just settled right. And I felt like at that moment, he he was okay. Like he was balanced. Yeah. You know, he reminisced about his yeah, wife. Yeah, this moment of Zen. He, exactly. And he thought about his father. And he, I think, finally at the end, well, not finally, but at the end, he kept repeating his father's poem over and over again. And I felt like now it sunk in. Like this is what he was supposedly maybe destined or fate wise yeah. or whatever. Yeah, there's a level of fate in this moment. There, and, and, and at that moment, there was like Zen and that I think was what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, physically, if he 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 makes it out okay, that's so, great and everything. But I think so. Wouldn't it make wouldn't it have made more sense to keep it open? Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. Th- so don't you think it's open? Uh, yeah, but I feel like that ten segments, uh, ten second segment after the the credits, credits kind of ruined it, you know, a bit. Yeah, but well. I don't think it ruined it, but I just don't think it was necessary. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's necessary either, but... Yeah. But regardless, it was an awesome film. Yes, 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 yes. Fantastic film. Yep. Okay, so... Four stars all around. Yes. Awesome film. Can't wait to watch it again. Can't wait to own this film. I was just thinking of just doing some segments uh, of the films that we watched after this. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back... Since, uh, since um, you know, we're not doing a weekly episode currently, what we're going to do is just we're going to wrap up our thoughts on some movies that we saw from the last episode. Yes. Alrighty? Okay. So let's take a short break, and we'll be back. All right.
and we're back. Um, this segment is going to be the Films We've Watched recap segment that just kind of talks about, in brief summary, the films that we've watched in, uh, in the month since the last episode. Um, we're not going to be talking about two uh, films that we currently saw um, just because we're going to have some podcasts going forward regarding them. One being Drive, we're actually going to have a premium podcast that will involve an interview with Albert Brooks that we saw uh, earlier in the year, and that's going to be really informative and really cool. I mean, we're probably going to get some family members involved with that. And uh, we also have Beginners, which we're not going to talk about because we actually have an episode in post-production that I'm editing uh, and actually, we have a very special guest on that one, my, mm-hmm. my mom. Yay! Uh, so, with that said, uh, Kathy, let me get your opinion on Early Summer. Oh, okay. By Uzo. By Uzo. Okay, so, um, th- this movie, <laughs> it was very slow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was, I'm um, not too sure, the year of, of its, it's about production. the 1950s. 1950s. Uh, it's Jap- uh, Japanese. Yeah, it just talks about the struggles of kind of being forced to go into modern times, raising a family, trying to maintain the culture and traditions of a typical Japanese uh, household. Uh, and it, it really kind of um, honed down on uh, marriage. And I think, yeah. you know, marriage within modern times and marriage trying to keep it traditional in an aspect. And it was very slow, not particularly my mm. type of movie that I would die to watch, but I, I watched it, it for for Chris. And um, it was nice. It was it was very sweet. Uh, I, I love the, inter- the, the... Intertwining? No, I loved the simple ending of the fact that this woman and I can't remember her name but yeah. uh, she had decided to be in her late 20s and not to marry uh, young and she kind of thought that she wouldn't want to marry mm. and uh, towards the, the middle of the movie you start realizing that she decides to marry but she decides to pick someone that she knew kind of growing up and this individual uh, was already married and has a child and uh, his wife had passed away <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So throughout this movie, you think that this woman was naive and you thought that this woman was just a silly girl who knew nothing about marriage, nothing about, you know, romance um, in a sense. And uh, I think at the end, you I, I saw her as being such an intelligent woman because she had said it. She said, you know, um, I know this man. This man was someone that I grew up with, and I do know that he has a child, but I love children. Mm -hmm. And just to see him with his child and see how much he cares for his child and his mother, I think that I would be happy in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And throughout the entire movie, you have her family and her friends just objecting to this this marriage that she decides to get into uh, because he has a daughter, because he has already um, the past of his wife passing away, but she stands firmly and she knows what she wants, and I think it was a very wise decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because of that that aspect, I just... This movie was, was really nice. Yeah, it was nice, and I think that's probably the only thing I can say about it because, admittingly, I, I feel that it was somewhat 
forgettable. Uh, I have I have it under as a two point five out of four, so it's somewhat of a pass. But um, but what I gather from Uzo and, and his viewers is that this was kind of uh, like Uzo light that some of the later mid to later films of him kind of touches more on the drama of um, social social aspects, in particular with uh, Tokyo Story. So this film uh, really allowed me to get an idea of what Uzo is capable of, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Tokyo Story. I really am. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a good insight of, of his later film work, so I can give it that. Um, but let's just plow ahead. Uh, the artist, Kathy, you have it up on IMDb. Yes, so the artist. This must be a hot the, topic for you. The acclaimed artist. The, the acclaimed. Um, silent film that uh, is modernized in a sense, I think, because... It's a resurgence of the silent black and white era. Okay, very nicely said. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's important because actually we didn't really touch base about this, but it's it's Oscar season. So this is up for a lot of Oscars, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so yeah. So it, it's up for a lot of Oscars. <laughs> Why are you pointing at the screen? Oh, you want me to talk about the Can plot? You okay. The artist so <laughs> sure. Hollywood, nineteen twenty-seven. I never do good and introduce you to movie. A movie star George Valentine wonders Don't read it from if your rival. Oh, okay. So in a nutshell, B. you have this silent movie era actor who's on the top of his game, loving what he does, is now forced to produce films that are in sound, and he has to speak, and he feels like that it's going to go nowhere, and that he's really settled with with still making silent films. But with that kind of mind frame, he has to confront an up-and-coming actress that he kind of finds... Uh, Peppy Miller, Peppy, Pepper, Peppy, Peppy, Peppy Longstock, no, Peppy Miller, right, she, um, she kind of comes around, and he kind of makes her into a star, and she becomes the face of talking films, so he kind of is in the down, in the slumps about that, and he has to kind of pull himself back up. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think, Kathy? Um, it was... A nice movie. I, I don't think it was a great movie. I think there's a little mm. bit of um, an overhype with it. Yeah, I agree. I particularly love black and white films. I Do you? Th- and silent films, I think, especially with silent films, I think just being able to see something on screen. Oh, sure. And, uh, we've, having, we've seen quite a few. Having the artist Together. just trying to emotionalize what they're feeling or what's going on, you can, you can actually feel... You can understand it without any words listening to to any conversation that that transpires, and I think the artist does a great job with that. I think it is somewhat slow. I think that there are a lot of scenes mm. that really did not have to happen uh and uh i I think it was entertaining to watch. it was nice, it was fun. the dog was cute, but is it like the greatest movie, you know, no. This isn't really gonna bring a resurgence of the silent era. I don't think no, so. Me either. Um, I'm gonna say two things with this. Well, probably a little bit more than two things. But actually, this is a perfect time in talking about the artist, comparing it with the gray. You won't think that these two are comparable, but I'm talking in terms of formula. The gray has great use of 
formula in the movie. But the artist is formula at its worst, I believe. The artist is very structured in this very typical Hollywood kind of layout that you have a strong beginning that's very memorable. You remember when he's getting electrocuted uh, in his in his movie oh. um, and he's forced to talk and he's saying that he's not going to talk, uh-huh. right? He's being like interrogated and he's saying, I'm not going to talk. So it's kind of like symbolic to the nature of silent film. Mm, uh, that's interesting. You know, so that was, you know, we've seen this uh, weeks and weeks ago and yet I still remember that scene. And then you have the ending where now he's kind of like uh, rejoicing in in the sound era, and he's accepted it, and now he's tap dancing with with Peppy Miller, you know. So like, it's this Hollywood trap that a lot of films can get into, and this one I felt I feel like was a trap of this that you have a strong beginning, you have a strong ending. But the middle is kind of unforgettable, maybe sprinkled with some good scenes, but in the long run, it's just kind of a, a mushy mesh in the in the middle that you kind of forget. Oh, I agree. So it's quite interesting that we're comparing this with The Grey, but I feel like formula-wise, this is not something that Hollywood should structure after. You know, it really shouldn't. What I do like about this film is that the use of practical effects. I, I in uh, in particular, uh, with Peppy um, Miller, when she's kind of like dancing with that coat rack and kind of puts her arm mm. in there, you know, kind of makes it look like that there is actually a, a living soul in that jacket. And I thought that was actually improv um, yes. with the actress, and I thought that, that was scripted. I thought that was very intelligent. I thought the movie did make good use out of practical effects, even incorporating sound from time to time. You know, it it, it kind of it it does prove the notion that you don't need CGI and these flashy wow uh, effects to actually make a good solid film, but. The problem with this is, is that I don't think it was quite solid. Mm-hmm. I completely agree yeah. with you. So, anything else regarding this? Uh, I, do you really. think it? Well, let's finish off with this. Uh, do you think it deserves the buzz that it's getting? I think it should be respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should talk about it, and people should watch it. But uh, I don't think people should just like praise it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. To the, to the level that think, it is right now. I think uh, any awards that it gets will probably because of the hype and not really deserving of the award. Mm-hmm. You know, But, you know, who knows? The reason why we watch films is to kind of see it, what sticks. That's right. Right? Right. So the next one on the list, uh, no strings attached. Uh, I with, really don't even want to talk about this yeah, movie. I know. It, was, it wasn't that good. I it thought really wasn't. This movie obviously did not come out this year or recently. No, but I think it came out last year. Oh, did it? I'm sorry. Like early, early last year. Early last year, so probably a year ago. But um, we haven't watched it, and, and we, it was like one of those nights where we're like, oh, let's just watch something from like the Red Box. Mm. Uh, and we just got sure. it for a dollar, and I... It was tasteless. Yeah. I am um, ashamed of Natalie Portman. I think she has incredible talent. I think um, she, her, okay, well, not incredible talent, but I think she, there is some talent there. Uh, but I just thought this movie was just like so cliche and so tasteless. Cliche. And, uh, 
Yeah, you know, I, and it's so corny. It's it was hard seeing her to be like corny yeah, situations, yeah, like when was, she was like that was, coming back and and she tripled funny. over it the was, bush and she's yeah. trying to like very awkward, not uh, funny. There was, was no chemistry. There was no chemistry. I I felt awkward watching this. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree, and it's quite funny because Natalie uh, Portman's been a kind of a a topic uh, within the family. Uh, because m- my parents actually just saw Black, Black Swan. Swan. <laughs> and kind of both movies deal with sex in a way. Uh-huh. And uh, my 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 parents thought the sex scenes and, and the element of sex in Black Swan was tasteless and disturbing. And it's funny because I loved the Black Swan. It was my favorite film of that year. I think it was two years ago. And... Um, I thought the element of sex was suitable for that movie. I felt like it was just a psychological thrill ride that you kind of get lost in in this girl's fantasies and fetishes and obsession. So it only makes sense to have those sex scenes intense. But now you deal with this movie and the elements of sex. And I thought it was more disturbing than that of Black Swan. I thought Mm -hmm. it was just... This I thought was tasteless. I thought it was kind of forced. I thought, I thought they were trying to talk about sex like it was like a, no, a nothing thing, no. and yet it was making into a, it was making into something that was not. I, I, think. I think I don't want us to come across and saying that um, having. You know, a friend, uh, what do you call that? With benefits? With friends with benefits is is a wrong thing because it's not. People are... What? Well, <laughs> well, I mean... No, don't mind us being pretentious. We, no, yeah. but it's, com- it's, it's, it's fine. You know, I have no problem with that. And, and I don't think what you I just mean, said... I, I, you're I, my... The whole purpose of, of this movie, I think, was just sex, 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 sex. And yeah, that's and not the issue. Uh, well, it's not the issue of the fact it was just, you know... Um, Natalie Portman with Ashton Kutcher and them having sex. It was the fact that I think there was no chemistry and I think that the whole plot itself was not solid enough that it wasn't like it wasn't it it was like for nothing. I mean the way that she kind of finds him again and how he's kind of put in the situation that they're going to have no strings attached and have sex. It just didn't make sense to me. Well, and it was just nonsensical, I thought this I, movie was. I just don't want to even waste my time yeah, talking either. about this movie. So let's talk about the next movie, which ironically is Shame. Let's talk about oh, Shame a little shame. bit. <laughs> talking about sex, holy moly. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Not great, and I'll tell you why, but good movie. I don't think... Even though I'm saying it's good, I think the vast majority of people would not like it. I don't think I they would think, get it, to be honest. I, I And I think that's what makes it a good movie, because seeing this movie, I mm-hmm. was embarrassed. I was ashamed for him. I was disturbed, and I think that's what this movie was supposed to be about, and being able to which, bring its audience into his world which is about of his what? struggling. Oh, I'm sorry. You can no. do the introduction. No, it's about a guy who's trying to overcome his his obsession with sex. He exactly. has a sex addiction. He's trying to cope with that as best or as worst as he can in his life. Um, well, you know, it's funny because we're talking about how we're approaching sex in a movie and, and whether or not it's appropriate. 
And but this I, from, was appropriate. I think yeah, the sex films in this because, movie was very appropriate. And this is where I get, because a lot of people, from what I recall from the backlash of this movie, is that they didn't know how intense this movie was. And I find it funny, because going into the movie, you should know what the plot is. At least. Mm, I might Some people don't. doing that I volunteer at a, at a, uh, I volunteer at an organization that shows movies. And a lot of senior citizens go there, and they, and they sometimes they don't even know what they're getting themselves and into, which that's is quite right. hilarious. That would times. be great, just like sitting there expecting to like watch a happy go, happy yeah, film, and all like, of a sudden you see this. I saw Mother there, Mother the the um the Hong Kong movie. Oh, that's a good movie too. No, did you watch it? We did. I watched it oh, afterwards, you did. like three months afterwards. We'll oh, talk yeah. about that later. Yeah, in yeah. Another segment. But it was funny because people thought it was for Mother's Day on Mother's <laughs> because they were showing it around Mother's Day, and it was quite funny. But going back to shame, um, I mean, a you know that a you know the rating already, which is NC seventeen. So I mean, you kind of have to kind of cope with the fact that this is going to be a little bit more than you might expect from a PG. Film, mm-hmm. you know, or a rated R. Or a rated R film. Um, okay, my take on this film, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I thought the last half of this film was phenomenal. Yes. Okay, this first half, it was funny because I understood that this guy had a problem, but I thought he was coping, coping with it pretty well. That's what it's about. I mean, you come into this movie and you see the fact that he does have an addiction and you think that he's coping with it and maybe, and in a smaller scale of things, maybe mentally he thought he was, but ultimately it became too much for him to handle. And I think what actually happened was that when in the movie, when his sister comes into spoiler comes into in the picture in the picture and and lives with him for a short matter of time that disturbs his routine in a way and oh, i think right. that yeah, I didn't think of it like that. that kind of brings about yeah but yeah other things in a movie that's that st- still though like i uh, maybe it's just talking about expectation levels i just thought that i was expecting a guy really troubled and trying to break out of it and yet, um, I thought he was doing okay, and it wasn't until his sister showed up, Maggie Gyllenhaal, that I really got this urgency that he has to change his life. And boy, did it! He, I mean, he was he was t- having tasteless sex. He was he Even went to more a, yeah he actually sex than before. he actually was kind of sleazy. He kind of actually tried the same sex, same gender sex. Um, but I think, you know, spoiler alert, but his sister had her own issues and had an attempt of committing suicide. And that scene by far I thought was awesome. Like, that was really the summation of the film. I gotta describe it for you guys because this film has really come and went. And I, I believe it has a short, short circuit. So let me just describe this scene for you guys. In this scene, he's kind of reaches a low. He's the type of guy that doesn't get back to his sister, doesn't return her phone calls. She's really, really trying to make an effort to reach out to him. She's kind of a floater, kind of like a, a drifter, and kind she of has makes problems of her own. Yep. And um, so she is trying to make this final attempt and calling him. And at that point, he's reached a new low and has this pre- has this orgy. And it's really intense. Um, it has an orgy. Yeah, with well, with two women and him. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right, and I mean, it's it's very tasteless, but 
it's funny because it's silent for the most part, and you just hear her message playing in 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 her in his voicemail, and it just shows that juxtaposition of he's doing this, and he's occupied in this really weird circumstance, finding pleasure, and she's really trying to seek out, and and and, and he's not getting through to her, and what happens is that she makes that attempt. I don't think they and were trying to seek her. finding pleasure. I think they were trying to seek and get it away from someone so for something, trying to run yeah, away run from. Run away. Exactly. No, they totally agree. And they're on totally uh, their own their ways. Totally and then agree. bang, it hits him. As soon as he listens to her message, you see him frantically running back to his apartment and you're thinking, What is going on here? Like, well, and he's then, not involved at all and all of a sudden you think it's too late because he finds her practically dead in a pool of but her own we, blood in the in which her I thought book. was phenomenal because I did not think she was well they did make a reference to her cutting herself beforehand but it didn't click so I'm here thinking why is he running what had happened and all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. her he runs into the bedroom in the bathroom and she it has blood she's she yeah. cut herself yeah. and I'm like wow yeah yeah that so, hit me yeah <clears throat> but I mean you can make the argument of does just having a good ending make a film great? And I, you what know, do you, what do you think? Good ending. Now? Well, I thought this was a great ending. I thought that the last, I would say, half you hour mean, was how great. How he turns around? Uh, I don't. How how he kind of how he kind of just hits rock bottom, oh. and then kind of has this this moment with his sister who commits su- uh-huh. who tried to commit suicide. All of a sudden, we're talking about endings and how they kind of leave itself open. This ending was kind of like that, and we've kind of debated on whether or not he's a changed man. I think he is. I think he he didn't doesn't change at all, right? Because it kind of compares with an earlier scene when he's on a train. He sees this married woman that you could tell by the ring on her finger, and yet he goes after her, tries to follow her off the train, and she's, earlier the scene he and she's he kind of into runs it. Af- he runs. Uh, after her uh, yeah. and then eventually loses her but at the yeah. end but it's like she's kind of into it too because they're flirting you know, with they're each flirting, other you know she is open to an affair I guess and like it's like this cat and mouse type of thing exactly you know? but at the end he sees her in a subway again and then uh, she's about to leave the train the train opens the door opens and then that's where the movie ends. Spore alert. Sorry. Yeah but and then, you think will he do the same games again and run after her or is he not? And I thought I, the way that I thought the pacing was, and the expressions on his on on both of their faces, and what he went through, I I felt like he was a changed man. Um, no. See, and this is I this is great. I completely disagree with you. You know what? This you is. have to. Un- I think, I think, first of all, facial expressions, body language is was yes. exactly the same as when he first. Saw when we saw them together, and he's running after this girl. I he's a sex addict. I mean, it's an addiction, and I think it's a something that we know is there's something that he's running away from. This is how he's coping with his life is by having sex, meaning meaningless sex with people, like and the then word you, of get, this segment. you get sex! A, you get sex. Ah! You get no. a little glimpse of his uh, his sister, yeah. and you start to understand uh, her issues, and uh, there is sort of a conversation that does transpire between them that she says something about their childhood, and that it, it, 
it's okay or or I can't recall but she mentions her childhood with him and that kind of gives us an understanding that the way that they are and the issues that they have it's because of something that happened with their childhood so something so rooted I think um, in themselves and the fact that he has such a heavy addiction and, and, and his sister has an issue too of cutting herself and committing suicide and trying to commit suicide um, I don't think he'll be able to change just mm. like that. He won't be able to change overnight. This is going to be a long process. And I feel that, um, yeah, he hit rock bottom, but I, I guess I'm not an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he's going to have to be hitting multiple rock bottoms before he actually tries to change. And yeah. I think it's trying to get oh, yeah. to the root of the problem, see, this which is- this movie only... This is funny because this movie what only you're gave you a, mentioning... an iceberg of what the problem, what they're facing, the but you don't yeah. understand the issues that's haunting them. So, no, I don't think he changes. I hope I he does. It's but a, this brings I up a good conversation. I think we maybe we should do an episode of open-ended movies. You know, open-ending, open-ended endings of movies and how it's interpreted. But um, but yeah, I mean, this just it's on the same vein of Inception and the gray that these movies leave themselves open for our imagination to go wild and it's up to us to make those connections exactly but overall i i think this movie was very well done Mm -hmm. i think um it 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 brought me into the world of 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 people who are um who are sex um addicts or any type of addiction or any type of addiction and i i ultimately um kind of I'm, I took a glimpse of their world, and, and I and I could understand, mm-hmm. and I think it was just educating, I guess, me to uh, uh, people's uh, problems, other people's issues, and sure. um, and I thought that was great. Cool. All right, let's jump into it again. Um, I'm just Kathy didn't watch this movie, uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Uh, you actually saw a different movie at that time, <laughs> Contraband Than Me, yeah. which is quite funny. Um, but just just to briefly mention uh, Marcy May uh, or Martha Marcy, there's a lot of M's in this, but it makes sense uh, as to why, and you can see the film to make sense of that long title. But uh, Martha Marcy is an awesome film. I, I have it under as a four out of four. If I saw this last year, it would have influenced my top ten, I think. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I, I come from a psychology background, too. I enjoy um, learning about psychology. And this film really gets uh, in the mind of a victim of, of cults, of Stockholm Syndrome. And I thought the balance that the director made between the past, her involvement in this cult, and then and then in the present, breaking away from it and going back to her estranged sister that she now she has to come to terms that she has her own life. And, you know, I thought it was great because she picked up certain habits from this cult that she actually assimilates into her current life and everyone doesn't think of it as normal and she's curious as to why people think it's not normal and she actually has all these arguments and kind of like... It doesn't understand what normality is and I thought that was very very interesting and like I said the direction of the balance between what's what's the past what's the present 
how it cuts in between scenes was very artistic and beautifully done. It was a small film. The ending was kind of cut short. I, I saw this uh, at the film forum uh, with some older folks, and they did not expect that ending. Yeah, it could have been a little bit of a different ending. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect ending, but... It was certainly a great film. That's why I rated it a 4.4. And I, I think I think people should watch it. I think if you're open to it, there's a lot of risky topics of this movie. Less um, less risky than Shame, a movie like Shame, but nonetheless risky enough. And I thought I thought it was something that, that people should see. I think you should see it too, Kathy. Yeah, I would like to. So, I mean, I didn't put it on this list, uh, but you, Kathy, what did you think of Contraband? Oh. Oh, well, it was a fun movie to watch. Um, very forgettable. <laughs> um, Mark, Hence the pause. That's right, a long pause. It's basically about uh, Mark uh, Wahlberg and his character. Uh, he was a former smuggler person, uh, and uh, he's trying to change his life. And... Um, Unfortunately, his wife's brother, his brother-in-law, uh, gets into that whole world of, of smuggling and whatnot. And, and as a result, the brother does something he wasn't supposed to do. He messes up. And it's Marks Wahlberg's now responsibility to try to save his brother by trying to reimburse the money. And there's sure. a lot of twists in between and whatnot. Sure. Um, it was fun to watch. I, I thought it was it was great. I mean, I, in in terms of watching a film mm-hmm. like at home or whatever, uh, but so it was just like a it was just veg out, it was like a typical it. January film. Yeah, movie oh, and look at you, typical. Uh, I'm sorry. Typical. Uh, but uh, it was easily forgettable, yeah. and uh, that's basically it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does have a twist, it, but the twist. Um, it's kind of predictable mm-hmm. and kind of drags itself a bit. Uh, but, you know, it was all right. Yeah. I, I was kind of in a mood of watching something like that rather As than watching... something dramatic like yeah. Martha Mars. No, understandable. Sometimes that happens and we get to talk about it more. Okay, so briefly, uh, we're just going to dive into the next films. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Don't want to spend too much time on this, but I personally... Uh, didn't care so much about this film. Uh, I love David Fincher. Uh, I love The Social Network. But I felt like almost this film wasn't necessary with the Swedish film already out there. I felt like the Swedish film, the Swedish version, was a little bit better. And I felt that um, I felt that the beginning half kind of catered to the Swedish film quite a bit. It wasn't until the second half um, that it kind of got in its own skin and kind of emerge as its own film and because of that I really didn't care that much about it to be honest um, what I did like better in this film than the Swedish film is the girl uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo and I forgot I forgot her name um, Rooney Mara Rooney Mara uh, Lisbeth um, I thought her character was a little bit fleshed out than in the Swedish version and that I like that I like the fact that She's not just was considered a punk or a hacker, but she was also very socially awkward, where I got it more in this film than I got in the Swedish film, and I like that. Well, 
I really don't want to talk much about this movie uh, because I feel somewhat very unprepared. I would like to revisit the Swedish film again. It's mm. It was a while since we've seen it. And I feel that just talking about this film, I'm kind of biased because I saw the Swedish film and I loved it. Um, I didn't read the book. I want to now just so that I can be able to compare the two films. But... Um, I did enjoy the Swedish film, and I mm. think just watching uh, this film uh, with uh, David, David Craig, or Daniel, Daniel Craig, sorry, Daniel Craig, um, I, I felt, I didn't feel like it was good at all compared to the Swedish film. Mm. I thought maybe the Swedish film just impacted me and, and, and whatnot in a way that this movie just can't touch. Mm. But I felt as if, I, there's certain scenes that, that didn't correlate with the Swedish Swedish film. One thing I want to say is I, I don't agree with you. I think what I enjoy about uh, the Swedish film is that uh, Lisbeth came across as someone who you was still very mysterious to the end. Um, and, and, and the film did not really hone on her emotional side and and I felt like this movie here with Daniel Craig made her feel made her a little bit more human mm. and that's what I really didn't like I mean it's very objective it's either you like it or you don't but I kind of liked seeing her as a person who of course was you understand her I mean when she gets raped you understand that she had a difficult life and you understand what she's going through and her passion she has for for trying to locate this killer of women and, and the passion that she has um, trying to defend women um, and you get that but emotionally as a human being I don't want to see her weaknesses because uh, I think I hold her to a higher pedestal than that mm. and I think that this move with Daniel Craig made her her weaknesses very visible and I kind of see her more of a child like you know the whole happy meal Burger King the happy meal she brings a happy meal that's fine like she is a child still yeah, but I adult. just a young adult in aspect you know but I just don't want to see that, you know. I, I see her as something different, something greater than yeah. than that. Yeah, so. no, I agree. I agree, and I think that's what was the positive aspect of the Swedish film. But it was nice to see that too, because it's. I, I always like to see a fleshed out character, and I thought her acting. If there was something really to be said about the acting of this film is that um, Rooney Mara really did a great job in acting uh, as as uh, oh yeah Elizabeth, I think she uh, did Salander. a fantastic job mm. I really do think so um, it was a good movie it was great mm. but I, I do recommend uh, people watching the Swedish film yeah, and me just too. Watch being the able one. to uh, both of them are very heavy films yes. uh, very very heavy in content. I kind of think that the point when they find out who the killer is, they should just stop. Mm. You know, I always, I in both films, I felt like once they continue and she's kind of now investigating the the funds and the uh, and she's kind of like an, uh, a spy now. Well, it's, it's, I felt like it kind of just 
it feels too, too long. It, but you have to also understand it's also this is based on a book, book. Yeah, and, I know, and a trilogy, I know. and and maybe the ending. And I didn't see the other two movies. We have not seen it because yet. I just when it came out, I felt like it was just too much. It was overwhelming quite it's a bit. It's heavy. Yeah, but uh, and to be honest, I realized that I'm okay without the two. Like I'm okay as is. Like maybe it's just because I don't find the source material. Or the the concept as intriguing as other people do. Mm. You know, I, I come to realize that. I thought maybe the second time around, you know, I'm not biased towards foreign markets or American markets, um, but I thought maybe by seeing it in uh, in an English language that maybe I could relate to some of the technical aspects, like a character, like um, Elizabeth and. Uh, but it it didn't turn out that way, uh, so I kind of I'm coming with the terms that it's just not my cup of tea. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think I would like to read the books sure. before reading or well, seeing are, watching the other. You are the reader movies. of the group, and that brings us to a point that um, we might in the near future, and we'll get to this during uh, the podcast with my mom. But we might do a source material material read, and then watch the film that the source that the film was based on the source material on. And then do a comparison with, um, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. So mm-hmm. that, that might be interesting, mm-hmm. but who knows. Um, so the last two movies uh, that kind of that springboarded 2012, Underworld and Haywire. Kathy, you are the Underworld queen. You and your brother and, and your family, you guys love uh, this franchise. I'm not really... I, I wasn't really looking forward to this film. You kind of wanted to see it more than I did. But I I liked it coming out. I really mm-hmm. did. I, I don't know what to say. I just... I, I think... I, I love this movie. And I think it's mainly because of the whole topic. You know, the werewolves and yeah, the like fighting that. and the vampire and, you know, the action and the yeah. killing and whatnot. I'm just I, tired I, of that. I'm and I love that. But I think watching this movie in the IMAX theater just made my yes. experience well, no, just no, actually, great. I, IMAX, yes, we saw this in 3D, and 3D was pointless. For this film? I yeah. thought it was no, very nicely no, no, done. No, no. I, was, I felt really... I was in- switching back and forth between the glasses, and uh, it didn't make oh, any difference. Oh, please. Well, You're I thought... You're confusing IMAX with the 3D. No, IMAX it was, was good. IMAX was and good. 3D. So we I were in IMAX and 3D with the surround sound and the bigger screen, like yeah. you were actually in there. Plus Talking the 3D, IMAX, no. it we, was a fun and movie about and it was MI4, great. That made great use of the IMAX technology. This, yeah, it was nice, but it wasn't like. Well, awesome. you have to be able to try fun. to just like I know this is not your type of movie, <coughs> no, but you I have to put it. that aside. No, I liked it. I was thoroughly entertained. My expectations were way more going out than coming in. And uh, what I, I rated it, I rated it a two point five out of four, which well, was more than what I anticipated. I thought I was going to hate the film, so well, it was awesome. Basically, it's a pass in my film. It, my. You know, I think it really did a good job at trying to um, um, try to carry off from the last movie, uh, and uh, I, I think it, it also brings a good. Uh, <laughs> Vibe. Vibe for the next movie, and I think it was mainly just the action and the fighting that kind of gets people like all excited about mm-hmm. this film, and that's the reason why I love it. It's just one of those like 
you know, blockbuster films like, mm-hmm. you know, X-Men. No, it was or good. It was, it was definitely a good start Batman. of the year. It was definitely a good start of the year. And that brings us to Haywire. And I gotta say, I loved Haywire. Loved Haywire. Between this and The Grey... And even no, I'm not gonna go to Underworld, but it was it was a nice surprise with Underworld. But between Haywire and The Gray, 2012 is looking to be a fantastic year. It really is. I'm. It's quite interesting because in previous years I was kind of more up to speed with the the more independent, lower budget kind of films that are coming along the pike. But this year seems like a strong year for blockbusters. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's 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 looking to be a great year for film already. So I'm really excited about what's going to come along the pike this year. And Haywire is right up there. Um, there was a lot of back talk with the actress in this. I forgot her name. Um, Kathy's looking it uh, up, but Gina, Gina, she's a UFC Ariana. fighter, and people have been saying that her acting was atrocious. That yes, she's a great fighter, and that she really um, brought some great choreography to the fight scenes. But her acting really didn't bother me that much. You know, I I tend to overlook acting skills sometimes in movies. Um, and to be quite frankly, uh, frank about it, there's a lot of films out there that I believe that the acting is a little bit un- under par and people love the films, you know. If you can withstand great films like, let's say, Clerks and Dante's acting, whoever that actor is, and compare it to this act- I mean, it, what this a- actress reminded me of is like a film noir type of actress who was kind of a one-beat, one note type of character that you really don't get a lot of um, emotion out of her um, tone and, and body language. It's almost like comparing her to like Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction and how she was kind of one note from time to time. You know, it, 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 that didn't really bother me. And I, for those who say that she, her acting really lowered the acting of uh, the actors, the the supreme cast of actors around her, I would I would just as much argue that she brought out some practical effects, some fighting, okay, and some stunts from these actors that really upped their performances on a more action physical level. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought it was very artistic. I thought it was a beautiful movie. I mean, um, Soderbergh is known to have his, his yellow filters and kind of dirty cam, um, but I kind of like that. I, I, I really do enjoy uh, his style. Uh, uh, Contagion uh, was his last movie, which we loved. Um, I You know, it's a shame that he's quote-unquote retiring, but I'm looking forward to the next uh, couple of films that he's gonna direct last. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it marked a, a strong year by seeing this. This, this was one of the first uh, movies we saw in January, and I and I and I and I loved it. I loved it. So that's my two cents. Um, first off, I'm not too sure if she is a UFC fighter, but she is into uh, well, martial whole arts. mixed martial artists, yeah. and um, she did uh, fight in the World Extreme Fighting. Um, um, well, isn't that UF? Isn't that UFC? I I don't think so. I'm not into martial martial artists. Um, okay. 
mixed martial arts like this, but I'm more interested, I think, um, to get into it. And I think it's partly because of her. And um, yes, her acting wasn't the greatest, but I don't think I don't think that's what made this movie terrible. I do so you think, think it's terrible. No, no. Well, not terrible in a sense of how everyone else was saying how how her acting really doesn't such a negative effect in this movie. I feel that uh, her acting is not great, but it it what makes it worse is the plot and sense of of the direction. I felt like um, it was very slow at times, and I felt that. Um, as a director, I think, or the screenwriter could have done certain things differently to make her... And that's what I liked about it. I liked the fact that it was a little bit slow. I think, I think it was a little bit granted. too slow. I think it was... Um, I, I understand the purpose of this film, and, and I applaud her and her character. She was down and gritty. I mean, yeah, we've seen movies oh, yeah. of women fighting, but we don't see much movies of women fighting with such aggression that can be compared to a, a, a male fighting in movies. And um, yeah, like, it was I'm like... That, that first scene It was, was like fantastic. I didn't and expect that level of, I, of fighting from... What's his face? Um, uh, Shannon uh, Yeah. I didn't expect that to break out. I thought that was great. There was this one move that she did that she kind of propped her... She kind of kicked herself on this wall... And kind of stayed still for a second and kind of put this guy in this, like, headlock. That was awesome. Well, that that just you, you serves my point. The fact of her fighting was just mm. phenomenal. And I think the, the director was trying so much to catch raw footage of it that kind of made the film a little bit too slow unnecessary. Unnecessarily. I can see how for example, you, you like, might think it was slow. When she was trying to do um, um, a little heist or whatever you yeah. call it on, on foot sh- on foot she was running and running and running awesome. and yeah i get the point you're running you're running you're running okay but i think i think it was just a little bit too slow i think it they was a chase scene on foot i understand that but when you don't really that? have to see her chasing someone for two it. minutes oh no i like that i mean i like that a minute think- is I think just enough. And that brings up a good point with action movies. I think there's this high expectation with action movies saying that it has to be always like adrenaline pumping. It always has to be fast paced. And I think this movie kinda yeah, it lowers things, it slows things down a little bit. But I think that's a good thing. Because it could be, and, maybe it's yeah. just the fact that I'm not used to watching an action film like this that kind of is slow based, like you said, and, and you're absolutely right. That could be the reason why that I'm not really fond of this particular style of it but um i think it was unnecessary and i think uh her dialogue could have been better mm. and i think that contributed to the fact of her um acting skills not being so superb um but i i thought it was a great movie and and, and i congratulate her she's a fantastic fighter and um and I loved it. I did. Um, the movie is not perfect. It has a lot of flaws. But I think ultimately it was very, um, it was very real. And uh, I did enjoy that because mm. of her fighting skills and whatnot. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, um, so so far so good this year, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I can't wait um, for a lot of films to come about this year. Really can't wait till uh, the Django Unchained, my Tarantino <gasps> boy. 
have to wait till December on that one. So, uh, so what movies are you looking forward to? Uh, actually, uh, I'm looking forward to Hunger Games. Yeah, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. I, I read the uh, the book, the first uh, book of the three book series, and uh, I'm just kind of interested in, in how that's going to come along. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's kind of exciting that we're bringing this literature element to the podcast. I think that's quite unique, but cool. Yeah, uh, until next time, guys, uh, this marks episode two of the Movie Lovers podcast. Please, please follow us on Twitter at underscore films we watch, uh, also on Sound and Sight and on Facebook. Uh, please like us, befriend us. We're really trying to amp that up. And until next time, guys, have a good night. Night.